All right. Well, good morning. Welcome to Brian. Uh, we want to say welcome to our friends out at Cincy and at Bainbridge who are watching us through simulcast. And for the first time, I'm able to say this morning, welcome to our friends at Front Street who are watching us by simulcast this morning. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. So last week we did live preaching. This week we're doing simulcast. This is kind of our preview. And then next week is our grand opening. So exciting things that are happening there. And uh, here's what's really scary is I'm like 10 feet tall on that screen right now. <laughs> so uh, that's what it's like to watch it at the movie theater. Um, kind of weird weather lately, right? Like we're in that season where like one day it's really cold. But I don't know if you're like me, but I refuse to turn on the heat until October 1st, okay? So then it gets really cold, and then the next day, it's like we need air conditioning again. It's like crazy time of year, right? Um, well, you know, here's, here's the thing. I'm not bringing up the weather just to shoot the breeze. <laughs> ah, you got what I did there, okay. I mean, I could keep going with this, but then you would probably say, well... When it rains, it pours. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's the reaction I was looking for. Well, all right, so I, I, I promise I won't do any more. I'll turn over a new leaf. Okay. okay. All right, so I, I bring up the weather. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase this a different way. All right, let me do a poll. How many of you, like, what's your favorite season of the year? Like, how many of you love spring? You like the bloom of flowers, the return of life, things. Okay, all right. How many of you like summer? Like the, you just like the warm weather? Okay, that, that got some enthusiastic. Um, how about fall? How many really like the fall time? You like the color change? Okay, I think some of you are putting your hands up more than once. <laughs> With fall, you, you know, apple cider, uh, pumpkin spice lattes, whatever. All right, how many of you really like winter? You like that, you like that fresh powder all right, um, so for those of you who just raised your hand, there is biblical counseling available for you after the service this morning, okay? But so if we want to be relationship rich, the reason I bring all that up is to say to be relationship rich, we need to be mindful and understand that there are seasons of life, seasons of life. And so if you would join me in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're going to start there. It's page 537 if you're using a chair Bible. If you're using an electronic Bible, I'm using the New Living Translation to, to match that chair Bible. And uh, that Bible is there for you to take as a gift from us. Uh, if you have been around for a while here, maybe you remember that we did a series through the book of Ecclesiastes. If you weren't here for that, I would encourage you to go back and check that out. All of our old messages, our old series are available on our website and on Vimeo. And so uh, I would encourage you to go check that out. Uh, we, did, we did that series loosely based on a book called Living Life Backwards. And to summarize just kind of the book of Ecclesiastes, it's, it's Solomon looking back on his life and kind of summarizing the, the, the ebb and flow and the challenges of life. And, and, and he, oftentimes through the book, he uses the word vanity, like life is vanity. I, I look back and I go, you know, there are some things that just was a waste of my time. But this passage actually has turned into a, a, a secular, a quote-unquote secular song uh, that's been recorded over and over again. 
And so maybe you'll recognize this uh, from that as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting at verse 1, it says this, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Solomon's describing the fact that we all go through different seasons of life, different challenges, different circumstances. And I think it's important for us to to remember that as we go through those difficult times in life, God can use those, God can redeem that time later on so that you can be a help to someone else who's going through a similar crisis. Now, sometimes that's, that's a hard thing to force ourselves to, to reckon with while we're in that difficult season of life. But God uses those things. You know, I've had a, a number of situations where I've, I've tried to help people who have lost a child and, you know, try to come alongside them to, to weep with those who weep. But I can only offer them sympathy, right? I've never experienced that myself. But the the pastor of the church that we were attending when we first came here from Houston, Pastor Michael Peck, like, he could offer empathy because, you see, he had lost a child. And and so he, he could deal with people in a different way than I could because he had experienced that season of life, that, that, that circumstance, that challenge. And so it's important to remember that, that if you have gone through some difficult times, maybe it's hard to go back and relive those times, but God can use that to help someone else who's now going through that exact same challenge that you went through previously. That's, that's the season of life. You know, we talk about seasons of life, and, and we talk about it in, in the sense of circumstances, the, the good times, the bad times, the, 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 the great rewards, the, the challenging difficulties. But this morning, I want us to look at this idea of seasons of life in, in another way as well, because yes, it does talk about circumstances, but, but we also, when we talk about the seasons of life, we can talk about the stages of life. In fact, some people would divide our lifespan, say, say the average lifespan is 80 years old, they would, they would divide it like this, that age 0 through 20, 22, somewhere in that neighborhood, would be spring. That's when you're, you're growing, you're developing, right? you're, you're, you know, you're fresh, I guess, um, you're, you're blossoming, right? all those things that you would associate with spring. And then when you hit, you know, age 20, 22, somewhere in there, to age 40, you're in the summer of life. 
And that's the time when you know, you're starting to uh, really understand who you are. Uh, you're developing lifelong relationships. Uh, for some people, you're getting married, having children. That's, that's the summertime of life. And then from like ages 40 to 65 would fall into this autumn time or fall of life. Where, in, in fact, some people would argue that this is the most productive time of life. You, you've, you've now you know, become um, more successful in your career, or, or maybe you understand what it is that you, know, you really knew you, you do best. And, and so this stage of life, you know, you're, maybe you're still raising kids, maybe you're moving on to grandkids, um, but it's, it's a, another stage of life. And then, you know, ages 65 and older, sometimes we refer to that as the winter of life. There's, you know, we're not, listen, when you hit 65, you're not dead, right? You're still, there's still activity, there's still productivity, there's reasons why God has you here, but in the scale of, of life, in the, in, in the sequence and chronology of life, you, you, you kind of come to realize, okay, you know, I have a limited time left here on this earth. You know, maybe I've got another 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, but, but my time here on earth is limited, so when we talk about seasons of life, we talk about circumstances, but we're also talking about this, this uh, different stages of life as well. And here's the one thing that we can all agree on. It doesn't matter which stage of life you're in, which season of life you are in, we can all agree with this statement. Life changes, right? Like there's just, our circumstances change who we are change, what we do for a living changes, uh, the, the relationships that we have with people change, right? Life changes. And in fact, um, as I think about this, there's a song that came to my mind. Let me, let me read you the lyrics to this. You'll, those of you who follow country music will recognize this read off by Kenny Chesney. It goes like this. I turned on the evening news saw an old man being interviewed, turning 102 today. Asked him what's the secret to life. He looked up from his old pipe, laughed and said, all I can say is this, don't blink. Just like that, you're six years old. And you take a nap. And you wake up and you're 25. And you marry your high school sweetheart. She becomes your wife. And, and don't blink because you might miss your baby's growing old like mine, and, and turning into moms and dads, and, and next thing you know, your better half of 50 years is there in bed, and you're praying that God takes you instead. Trust me, friend, a hundred years goes faster than you think. Don't blink. Like, life changes. There's, there's things that happen, whether it's, you know, where you, you see that first gray hair, Right, you recognize. Okay, like my body's changing. Uh, maybe you, you realize that you you know there's a bald spot there. You know, for me that was like I was like 21. <laughs> but, whoa, there's a bald spot there. You know, maybe your activities change. You know, you you you, you played tackle football, but then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I think I'll play golf instead. Right. Like, our, our bodies change, and we start growing hair where we're not supposed to have hair, right? And there's just a lot of things that happen as we go through these different stages of life. 
And in fact, you know, sometimes it's, you know, physical aches and pains, right? And even when you hit your, you know, your 40s, you know, they tell you put ice on it, right? And it's like, yeah, I'll put ice everywhere because I'm hurting everywhere. Or, or maybe as you go through the stages of life, maybe it's stress. Maybe your job is stressful. Maybe your family situation is stressful. And so maybe you end up like this guy. You know, he's a pastor. He's 42, but he's feeling great. Life changes, right? It, it has an effect on us, and, and, and it, we develop and we change. But here's the thing. Here, here's the most important thing that I want you to remember from this morning, is life changes, but our relationship needs do not. We still, no matter what stage in life that we are in, we still need to have relationships, God wired us that way. God created us, us that way so that we could have relationships with each other. Now, sometimes we hit certain stages of life and we go, okay, like, man, I'm, I'm trying to take care of my kids. You know, I'm trying to get them to soccer practice and all these different crazy things. And, you know, our, our schedule, we're just too busy. Or, or we, we get a little bit older and we go, yeah, been there, done that. I don't need that anymore. There, you know, there's just, there's different excuses that we come up with. But the fact is that no matter what season of life we, in, we are in, and no, no matter how life changes, we still need to have relationships. So how does this all relate to our faith family? Well, if you would join me in, in Titus chapter 2. Because in Titus, I think we get a good model of what it is that helps us to, to be able to go through our, our Christian journey and to be able to have the kind of relationships God has designed us for. And so in Titus chapter 2, I'm going to start right at verse 1. Paul says, as for you, Titus... Promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. So Paul's saying to Titus, you have a responsibility to teach those who are older than you, and here's what you should teach them. And then verse 3, it says, similarly, Teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to, to be productive in their homes, to, to, to do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Then, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. So older men... Older women, younger women, younger men, right? In the same way, here we go, younger men encourages the younger men to live wisely. And you yourself, speaking to Titus, you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. And then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. 
And he talks about even another group that are different circumstances, a different stage of life. We talk about bond servants. Remember in the, the, the early church, when we say slavery, it's kind of a little different a, a picture of what was taking place then. Bond servants must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. So we've got, we've got all these different generations, but yet we've got these connections and relationships between them. And now I want to finish the chapter for this purpose, to be able to say, here's exactly, Paul lays out for them, here's the how, but he also lays out the why. Like, why should we have these intergenerational relationships? Why should, why should the older teach the younger? Why should the younger be a good example for the older? Starting in verse 11, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. We are here as a faith family looking forward to that day when Jesus returns and, and living in such a way that people see the good news of Jesus Christ. But the only way that we can accomplish that is by living together across generations. In fact, maybe when we've talked about relationships before, maybe you recognize this, we've talked about having Paul, Timothy, and Barnabas relationships. In other words, like Paul is the mentor, Timothy is the one being mentored, and then Barnabas as like the, the BFF, right? Well, I mean, Barnabas and Paul were BFFs, and then they weren't, and then they were again. All right, but that's complicated. But, but you know what I mean? Like, it's Paul and Barnabas were like co-equals, right? They're peers. And I think the model that we're seeing in, in Titus chapter 2 is the same concept is that the older are supposed to have an influence on the younger, but yet the younger live a, a, a holy, righteous life so that they're an example to the olders. And, and we all need relationships with peers. We all need to have interactions with all those different types of people, all people in different kinds of seasons of life. Now you say, okay, how do I know which one I fall into? All right? Okay, you fall into the older category if you refer to everyone younger than you as a millennial. All right? Just so you know, the millennials are turning 40. Okay? There's Gen Z, which came after them. And then there's Gen Alpha. We, had, we ran out of letters. We had to go back to the beginning. Gen Alpha is already in our youth groups. Like Gen Alpha is going to be going away to college in a few years, all right? So there's some generations that have, have, have passed. But the model that we see from, from uh, the book of Titus is the fact that we all, we're, we're all supposed to be living and working towards the, 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 the gospel and, and, and sharing the gospel and, and, and building community together no matter which season of life we are in. 
In fact, Paul wrote something very similar to another person. He wrote to Timothy, and he said, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Sounds very similar to the, to the advice he gave to Titus, right? Let, let no one despise your youth. And I would say on the flip side, those of us in the older generation, like don't despise their youth, right? It goes both ways. Like we need to recognize that the younger generation, like every once in a while I hear people go, you know, oh, the younger generation, you know, blah, blah, blah. They, they don't want to work or they don't this or they don't that. Listen, like every generation has its strengths and weaknesses, and the fact is that we're supposed to be coming together, like not pushing, pushing away. All right, so how does this translate into what we're supposed to do as a, as a church, as a body of believers? How do we make this happen? I know it's going to sound like a broken record, but we do groups, we do growth process, and we do gatherings. Like that's how we make it happen. Now, there's some churches and, and this church was one of them years ago, that follow a different model. There's some churches that, that still have Sunday school. Now, I would argue that Sunday school is an old ministry model, and it was based on knowledge, not experience. We're going to teach you a bunch of facts about the Bible. Right? We, we don't do that model here. Now here's, here, And here's the challenge with that. I've been in churches before that still do that Sunday school model. And here's, here's what happens. So they divide up kids by ages. Hey, we do the same thing in our kids' ministry. That only makes sense. Kids are, are different, different stages of growth and development, right? But then they also divide the adults by season of life, right? So, for instance, they have like this group called the Senior Saints. And they're like 70-plus years old, right? Then there's another group that are kind of like the Empty Nesters. So they're supposed to be like, you know, 55 to 70, somewhere in there. Then there's another group that is like the married couples and, and people of that age. So you don't have to be married, but, but of that age, that season of life. And then, and then there's a group called like college and career age. And that, that spans kind of, you know, kids straight out of high school, 18, 19 years old, that are just going away to college, as well as like young couples that haven't had kids yet, or maybe they're, they're young and they just had kids. But here's the challenge with that model. The empty nesters, they get to be 70 years old, and they don't want to move up to the senior saints class, because then they would be old, right? So they don't want to move. So then, the, the, the married couples, they get to be empty nesters. They don't want to go up to the next class because that next class has a bunch of 70-year-olds in it. You follow what's happening here? Like, the problem is, is that we want to flock together with birds of the same feather, right? You've heard that before? Guess what? We can be just as guilty of that here at Brian. Like when you look at your connect group, when you look around, is everybody in your connect group at the same season of life as you are? Like is, it, is your connect group all older folks? Or on the flip side, is, is your connect group like all you're like young married with kids? I want to challenge you this morning. 
the connect groups is our opportunity to live out Titus chapter 2. That our connect groups should be a mix of different generations, of different perspectives, people that are going through different circumstances, because that way we can have those kinds of relationships that build one another up, that challenge one another, and encourage one another. We can be relationship rich if we do it that way. And we have the same opportunity with, with, with our gatherings. Now, there are some churches that do two services on a Sunday morning, and they'll do one traditional service and one contemporary service. And guess what happens? You got two churches because you got one group of people, an older generation that says, I want to do church my way. And then you got a younger generation that are going, well, I want to do church my way. And so then, sure, we give them what they want, but, they, but then there, there's two churches that don't really have that intergenerational mix. Praise God, we don't do that here. How about, how about this? How about growth process? Like, you know, it's really easy to mentor somebody through the growth process that's in the same season of life as you. But maybe, maybe you need to like, get out of your comfort zone and, and, and mentor somebody in a different season of life. Mentor somebody older than you. Mentor somebody younger than you. And now listen, I, if you watch the slides in the growth process graduates up here, I don't think there's anybody that does this better than happened Mama Lynn. Like when you look at their slides up here, right? They're, they're, they're mentoring 15, 16, 17-year-olds, right? Two generations away from them. That, that is modeling the Titus chapter 2 model. You see, the older generation needs to be pouring into the younger generation. But the older generation also needs to be willing to listen to the younger generation, they may not have lived as long as you, but, but maybe they've got some input. Maybe they've got some experience. Maybe they've got some insight into Scripture that you don't. And we all need to have a relationship with peers. See, it doesn't matter what circumstance or stage of life we're in. No matter what season of life we're in. If we want to be really relationship-rich, if we want to really be the church the way that God designed us, we need to be willing to step out of our comfort zone and build relationships with people that are different than ourselves. And so it, really, it comes back to this. Listen, life changes. We, we go through different circumstances. We go through different stages of life. Life changes, but our relationship needs do not. Let me just read the rest of the, the song to you. And maybe some of you, when I get to the chorus, you, you, you know, maybe you're, you're hearing the song in your head. I can't, I can't read it with the same cadence that he sings it with, but it, 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 it further, it goes on like this. I was glued to the TV when it looked like he looked at me and said, best start putting first things first. Because when your hourglass runs out of sand, you can't flip it over and start again. Take every breath God gives you for what it's worth. And don't blink. Because just like that, you're six years old. And you take a nap and you wake up and you're 25. 
and your high school sweetheart becomes your wife. Don't blink. Just, just You might miss your, your babies growing like mine did, turning into moms and dads, and next thing you know, your better half of 50 years is, is there in bed, and, and you're praying God takes you instead. Trust me, friend, a hundred years goes faster than you think. So I've been trying to slow it down. I've been trying to take it in. And this, in this here today, gone tomorrow world we're living in. So don't blink. Don't blink. Life passes by fast. Seize the opportunity to build those kinds of relationships that will help us be a complete body of Christ where we have influences and impact on people of all different seasons of life. Then, then we will be relationship rich.